0: What's up, my friends? How's it going? It is the Scoped Exposure Podcast once again. Um, Gonna do another solo episode and kind of rattle off a few things. And the main reason why I wanted to do that is because I realized uh, I did a zine interview just a few weeks ago, and in the midst of talking to uh, the, the zine, I realized that Scoped was just about to turn seven. And that was a wild realization in the mix of everything that I'm up to is like, oh, wow, we hit our anniversary. Now Scoped Exposure has existed and operated for seven years. And I feel like there's a lot of newer people that have just been discovering us either in the last few months, in the last couple of years. So I thought it'd be appropriate to maybe do kind of like a lore breakdown of everything scoped exposure-wise for the people that haven't dug into the archives and um, haven't learned some of those things. So um, just FYI, my voice is a little hoarse because I uh, was recording yesterday. So um, I don't know if this Bev is going to help, but I'm drinking uh, the almighty polar seltzer raspberry lime flavor. Um, I was in Michigan for one of my cousin's wedding, and uh, my my lovely uncle was nice enough to send up some um, some polar uh, for me to, to store because we don't have that in Canada. So cheers to you, Rich. Appreciate it. Um, and thank you, everyone, for tuning in. It's it's been a minute since I've spoken to you, so I'm excited to be going down uh, the rabbit hole when it comes to scope exposure things. I'm going to just hit this bev and then we're going to get right into it. That is so delicious. I've definitely, you know, been sleeping on Polar. You know, it's been very hyped up when people come on from the, you know, New Jersey, kind of that northeast kind of area. It seems to be very big there. Um, but this is like, this is like top three, just sparkling water, seltzers. I'm very much into it. Double swig before I even start talking music shit. Okay, so for, for those that... You know are unaware scoped exposure is seven years as of the 23rd of july that's officially i think the date of of when that project was announced i think we dropped our very first set the same day um and i want to go b- way back in time to talk about like literally the why behind i started uh this whole project and how it's evolved over the years um how you know it's changed, um, how it's evolved, what are the um, challenges that I've faced over the years and, and what I face today. Um, and I want to go back even before the idea of Scoped Exposure because uh, for those that don't know, I was actually filming uh, shows uh, just not really under a name, but just like my my first and last name was popping up at the end of the videos. Um, and that all started on the... November 21st, 2020, or not 2020, 2015. So a long-ass time ago. um, The first show that I ever filmed was just a local show in Winnipeg where I grew up with Burner World, Higher Love, Withdrawal, Usurper, Occult Hand, and Ill-Fated. Just a bunch of hardcore dudes um, of all different genres. Uh, I was actually playing in uh, the band Usurper, so I'm just... Kind of looking at the, the YouTube studio and realizing that that's the only set that's just set up on a tripod. And I guess like, you know, obviously I've talked about multiple times that I was inspired to, to start filming mainly through Sonny and watching his videos. And, you know, there, there were people in Winnipeg who were filming stuff, but not in the way that I was used to watching Sonny's videos. So at the time, I just had, like, a Canon 7D camera um, for, for, for the non-camera gearheads. It's a, a very low-level uh, Canon camera, and uh, the low-light capabilities are not great. I think I had, like, just, like, a kind of wide-angle lens that, you know, performed okay. Um, and I don't think it was even mine. I think it was my works, and I would just sneakily put it in my bag, you know, once 5 p.m. rolled around and, and took it home and, and took it to the show. Um, I kind of had a general sense of how to get good audio and, uh, you know, set it up in the back of the room. And, you know, at the time, like these aren't even full sets that I was filming. Um, actually, no, that, that's not true. So I did film the full sets, but I remember I was kind of stopping and starting for every song. And I believe when I posted these videos, they were just individual songs, you know, Winnipeg at the time, you know, didn't have like, like we had great bands, but we didn't have the active pit warriors, um, that I, you know, see today. You know, we had a few people, but it really started, I felt like it was hard to get going at times. And usually there would be one song where everyone kind of broke loose finally and, um... And that would usually be the one that would make it um, to to be posted. So, um, yeah, so I'm just, like, looking. And uh, I, I remember I moved around for every uh, song. I was just trying to kind of – again, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just kind of moving around and kind of just testing the waters, like, oh, okay, this angle is kind of like this. This one's kind of like this. Um, and, you know, going into, you know, very soon after – funny enough, was the first time that I filmed Stepping Stone. And Stepping Stone was, in the early days, and I would say their heyday, um, that was the band that I felt like I was filming and covering the most, uh, even even despite the fact that they were from Regina and a total province over. So that was the first time I saw Stepping Stone. Um, this is before Stay and Suffer had any pileups or hype attached to it. Um, but they, as a band, really, really impressed me. And uh, it's just cool to, to see that I have, a, you know, a video of theirs from, you know, all the way back in, you know, January of 2016. Um, so there was a few other shows that I filmed. Um, just kind of scrolling down here. I think the first actual, like, bigger show where, you know, I'm on stay like, on a stage and there's bands in a tour package was actually, um, it was... Knock Loose, um, Expire, and who else was on this show practice? Oh, Counterparts. Oh, and funny enough, uh, Usurper, the band that I was playing in, I think opened that show. Yeah, because I have a couple of videos of us here. So this is like pre-Knock Loose hype. This is like March of 2016. The like new song that they were playing was Counting Worms and Oblivion's Peak. Um, and it's crazy because when, you know, I'm looking through and, you know, damned earth, like the songs that were out, like burnt toast that would get a couple hundred, you know, maybe a thousand views, but it was the videos that said oblivion's peak, new song or County worms, new song. Those are in the tens of of thousands. This oblivion's peak video fucking popped off. It's like 33,000 views. And, um, Yeah, it was just kind of like wild to kind of look back and think about these bands that I really, um, you know, have come a long way now to be friends with a lot of these people, have filmed them other times, have filmed their other bands, um, had people on the podcast. So all the way back in little 2016, this is, you know, literally where it all started. Um, I wanted to, yeah. So, and, you know, we would film the odd other shows as well, like, you know, there's a four-year strong set, and again, this is all like just whatever was coming to Winnipeg at the time, because you know, not not there's not a lot of things coming to Western Canada at this time, and so everything was very very sparse. Um, so that I guess initial stages for me kind of planted the seed into um, going into twenty seventeen. And funny enough, as I was kind of preparing everything, I realized that I pitched the idea of scoped exposure um, to uh, Matt and Cole, who I'll get into in a minute here, while I was out in Ontario visiting my family. Um, It was at the old house that they were living at. And I remember specifically being in the basement, jumping on a, I don't think it was even, like Zoom didn't even exist then. So I think it was like a Skype call and I was like, I had this idea while I was in the shower a few weeks ago, and I thought it would be cool to kind of make a collective of people who film across Western Canada um, to be able to showcase what we got going on. So um, Cole and Matt, like I said, like Cole was uh, a photographer who uh, is based in Calgary, and he was documenting a lot of the stuff um, that I was seeing through his lens. And then Matt was filming shows in Kelowna and would also travel out to Vancouver. So I thought that, you know, the three of us could kind of like cover the entire half of the country, um, which in hindsight, like, was a maybe more daring feat <laughs> because that's a lot of landmass. Um, and, you know, we were all, you know, in our early 20s at that point. So it kind of, you're at that point where you kind of feel like you can just take on the world. Um, but I I thought it was really cool that they were very down for it immediately. And it's just kind of serendipitous to be talking about that while I'm in Ontario so many years later. So I guess the debut of Scoped um, was the the local Calgary Fest. So the first time I filmed it when it was just um spencer and not scoped exposure it was in 2016 it was called southern alberta hardcore fest um, the fest had a name change to what was called the western front hardcore festival um, same venue same oh, not same bands but same bunch of bands a lot of like regional acts um but this is where you know make a lot of initial connection points to people that are in my opinion very near and dear to the scoped exposure Um, Familia. So um, this was the first time that we saw Prowl from Montreal, um, have been a huge fan of that band ever since, and to see them finally getting their roses and being able to get on so many cool opportunities, is was like beyond exciting. Um, As well as uh, a band from Fargo, North Dakota, called Swing Low. Um, And, you know, that initial connection point, has translated to a lot of dope things that we'll get into later in the episode here. Um, But I feel like just kind of looking at some of the bands, like those two bands specifically, like, really um, have watched and been a part of the history of this project for many, many years to follow. Um, And, you know, what's funny enough, too, is, um, you know, I would film shows in Winnipeg during this time. And I came out for the fest in, uh, in 2017. What was the, I think it was in, uh, what month was that? I'm trying to see what the, what the month for. Oh, so this is in June. So this is like, um, you know, so we, we started, scoped exposure and filmed it for the first time. It was Cole, Matt, and myself. Cole was like doing a video drum cam and, uh, sorry, Matt was doing a video drum cam and Cole was taking photos and I was doing video. Um, But I think we like held on to those videos while I was editing and then we debuted them a month later. So July 23rd, I think was when we kind of made the announcement, hey, this isn't just coming under, you know, my own personal YouTube. Um, It's coming under scoped exposure. And if I'm being completely honest, the, the main reason of wanting to do it under a new name versus, like, continuing to release it under myself was, um, you know, I, I do some freelance videography, and I would be trying to pitch myself to get jobs and, and different lines of work, and people would just go to my personal YouTube channel and see all these videos of bands and people punching each other and people stage diving, they're like, why why would we hire this kid to shoot a little video for our coffee shop when this is what he does? And so I really was just trying to kind of separate the two um, from that standpoint, like, you know, hardcore is a huge part of my life. um, And I talk about it all the time, but like on a professional and career standpoint, I realized that I needed to kind of silo both of those things. So that's where the idea of, you know, starting a separate channel and then obviously wanted to give it a name, and I think the Id- the name, Scoped Exposure, kind of sounded cool, but it also was like, we're just kind of zooming in and exposing a, um, a scene, whether it's hype or not, and documenting the process of that growing and flourishing over time, so, um, and that ethos has kind of been the same all throughout, you know, wh- when it comes to the podcast or any of the stuff that we t- do today, um, so scoped, scoped exposure. Um, that's, how, that's how the name and the why kind of came to be and, and the debut of it. So also in this year, um, in 2017, uh, me and my wife made the decision to actually move out to Calgary. And was I was prepping this, I can't remember exactly like when the decision came to be, whether it was before or after when we came out to do the Calgary Festival, Um, or if it was something else, I actually might, if memory serves me correct, I think I was on a work trip and I, um, and I had finagled it in a way that I could travel for work, but also go to the festival and then travel back. Um, I was pretty, I feel like I was pretty on my game with using the, the corporate job that I had to like be able to enable some of the hardcore things that I was doing, um, without their knowledge. But you know, if any of them listen to the podcast, which I'm sure they don't, um, gotcha. Um, so yeah, so I think, I think the, uh, there was discussions about it maybe in the springtime that, you know, my, my wife's family is from Alberta, so we were kind of looking at somewhere there, and I definitely kind of favored Calgary just because of the fest and the friends that I've made there, and I think at the time, like, the scene was just a little bit more thriving than Edmonton, and, you know, now it's totally different, and I think, if anything, the, the scales are kind of evened out a little bit more, but um, I, I definitely favored Calgary more than I did Edmonton. Sorry, Dan. Um, so the first, so when I actually moved uh, to Calgary, it was in October of 2017. And what was very funny, and maybe this is a, there seems to be a reoccurring theme to this for myself is, um, we moved I think it was like a Friday uh, or a Thursday, and we drove immediately up to Edmonton um, to to visit family because we hadn't seen them for a while, or my wife's family, I should say. And that same weekend, there was two Trapped Under Ice shows um, in, oh, I think it was either two Trapped Under Ice shows or just one. And I was I had a ticket and wanted to go and film the, uh, the show in Calgary, and, you know, this had uh, Citizen Rage, Enemies, uh, Worldview on it, so some bands from Vancouver and the, you know, Calgary area, um, and I had never seen Trapped Under Ice before as well, so that was, like, you know, wild that they they were coming back to play a few shows, and, uh, you know, fast forward, it feels funny to talk about it now, because they had a huge long break and have now started to play more shows as well in 2023, but, You know, we're in 2017. This TUI show is happening. I'm like, dope. Uh, We're going to go up to visit family and then I'm going to drive back. Um, You know, we're going to drive back to do it on the Sunday. But I think the show was on a Saturday. And I only realized it was on a Saturday while I was up in Edmonton, which is like a three hour drive away. So I, upon realizing that, I kind of had to be like, look, this is a band I really want to see. This is a band I really want to film. I will be right back. And essentially I drove from Edmonton all the way down to Calgary. I think I stopped at our apartment that we just moved into. Boxes still sprawled everywhere. Got all my gear, went to the show, filmed the show, had an absolute blast, um, just got in the car and drove back home another three hours. So getting home around 2 AM or, or, some, or some shit. Um, but that was absolutely necessary because it was so it was so like necessary for me to like film and document such a dope show, like the minute that I got to like where I was like starting to set roots in my life. because um, I know that like if you're mo- I'm sure other people listening to this can maybe relate because people move all over the country and all over the world for either different reasons, family, work, um, maybe health, um, whatever, but, you know, being able to be in a city or in an area that has a scene that you can go to shows and that you're, you know, whether you're going to be there for a few months or something, you can still take part in and, and get involved to whatever degree that you want. And I feel like me as a person, if I didn't Tap into that immediately, like I would feel a little lost and a little out of place. Um, and you know, there's definitely time, I, it, I think I might have had a bit of a leg up because I had already been going to Calgary, you know, at least once a year for a sh- the fest or a show here or there, so I already kind of knew some people. Um, but like to be able to film. W- the show was at Dickens. I think that was the first time that I had ever filmed there. And, uh, you know, be able to see so many of my friends who had traveled to CTUI and, and see a dope band. It was like, I don't know. Thinking back, I like, I'm really reminiscing about how special that was and how vital it was because even fast forwarding to now, when I moved out to Toronto, literally we drove three days to get from Calgary to Toronto and then the next day was the speed show. And You know, that has its own level of importance um, and sentiment. But like it was so nice to be able to kind of like, okay, I'm going to be here for a time in Ontario, but like there's dope hardcore. And it kind of put me at ease a little bit. And I don't know if people listening can either um, they've experienced that themselves or, you know, if they're feeling a little out of place, you know, in the middle of a move find a find a show and find a, a place that you can be able to, to scratch that itch because I've gone times of not being able to scratch the itch and uh, it uh, can put me in a pretty negative headspace. So, um, yeah, it's funny that, you know, moving and, and changing up those things and having a show immediately the next day that I can go to to help, you know, celebrate that transition is, uh, is very interesting. So... 20, yeah, so we're in 28, no, we're 2017, man, there's still so much to get to, Um, I think the other thing that I wanted to highlight was 2017 was the first year, oh, I guess I could share this story, so at the end of 2016, um, I definitely, like, I was definitely getting very excited Um, about filming shows, but I definitely had, like, um, I think this is just who I am as a person, is, like, I like to be liked. I like to make people happy. I like for people to see my stuff and appreciate it. Um, And I definitely think there was a level of insecurity um, when I was, like, first kind of starting to do this. And there was a group, there was a dude in particular that, you know, was a lot older than me, um, that kind of out of nowhere just started to film shows as well. And I f- that kind of like me versus this person was kind of something that was bothering me. And I heard through the grapevine that he wanted to film um, a show and do like a multicam like mix. and And I was down to just kind of be like a second camera. And I like, I reached out to him, and he said, oh, like, we already got a team in place, like, but at this point, I had been filming in the scene for, like, you know, almost two years, I think it felt like. So, it was, well, not two years. I would say, for sure, a year. And, you know, like, I look back at some of those videos, and I think some of those videos were dog shit, for sure. So, whether or not he tuned into that, or he thought my stuff was shitty, or whatever it was, um, he kind of was like, opted to get other people and in in turn it was like getting people that weren't involved in the hardcore scene who were just like film buffs so that definitely bothered me and like to be honest like I kind of was having a recollection of like should I even film this show and I remember my wife was like well like what is him doing have like why why is him doing whatever he wants to do have anything to do with what you want to do and he was like just go and do your thing and like um and in hindsight like I'm glad that I did that it definitely was annoying in the sense that I have always been a proponent of filming shows of being like the fly on the wall and not getting in the way of the bands like there's there's a bit of a fine line there but the way that they were filming it definitely you don't want to film a show where it's distracting to the people um, who are who are watching the band. You, there's a fine line of, like, where you stand, like, how much you're moving, how much you're moving in. Uh, and I definitely have never gotten any comments um, from people where, you know where I have done that in like a local show setting. There's obviously been an odd time where some tour manager is trying to give me a hard time because I didn't have a media pass, but that's a whole se- separate conversation. Um, but that being said, um, there's, yeah. So I filmed that show and these people that are kind of doing this live off the, you know, live set kind of thing, definitely filming it more like a music video. And what I mean by that is, like, kind of standing really close with, like, a fisheye angle and kind of just, like, it. the vibe was not great. And I talked to other people at that show, and they were like, yeah, like, I don't want that. So, what's important in all this backstory that I'm saying is, at the start of 2017, this is before I moved to Calgary, I was still living in Winnipeg. Um, great, great friends of Scope Exposure and just, like, of me in general um, and the... The band is called Withdrawal, and they announced that they were doing a record release show for Never, which was their latest record that they put out, and um, I messaged Adam immediately, who's the singer of the band, and I was like, hey man, like, I would love to be able to film this, like, and I almost did it in, again, this goes back to a bit of an insecurity I felt like, I felt like I was about to be snuffed out because, you know, this other dude who was filming with his team had Better access to more gear and like all these things, just like that, when you get older and you get better paying jobs, you can do that. I'm still like filming off of the shitty Canon 7D at the f- at that point, and I remember Adam got back to me, and this is one of the first like credible things that kind of like helped me know I was on the right track. And Adam responded to my message to film the show, saying like, "Yeah, man, we actually were we we're gonna we we're gonna reach out to you to film the show." Our only request is that um, it's not filmed like that last show. Um, we didn't really like how, you know, we didn't like the vibe of, like, you know, the paparazzi. I think that's w- the, the word that he used. And I responded, I was like, I was not a part of that team. And, you know, I definitely want to film film the show in a way that's, like, the the... Pr- the the best showcase of you guys and and not having it be distracting he was like cool like i thought you guys were doing it together but like you know it was definitely whack but like we've been watching what you've been doing for the for the last year and a half and we think it's cool and we would love to to do that with you so that was like definitely the first time that I was like okay people locally are like are vibing with and and fucking with me and i'm on i'm on to something and those videos were really special, too, um, because I had my friend Brent McRae, who I've played in band with. Um, he's been in a, a plethora of bands. Now he's just a full-time dad. Um, he's he's a super dope dude. Um, I wish that I got to see him more and that he had more time to play in bands because I definitely would take him up on that. So maybe maybe Mendoza will make its, his face one day. Um, but that's a story for another time. But Brent... R- recorded the bands he he's actually he's the one who actually recorded and and mixed that that record so the minute that I asked him to help me out with that show he was like absolutely and I remember I hadn't met Sonny before and I don't think that we had ever ch- talked too much in the DMs but I remember I set him the withdrawal set and I was like hey I'm sure you're really busy um I just wanted to kind of like you know Give my thanks to you and you know me doing this live mix set. um, Definitely kind of feels like a first, you know, a first brick in a large house. um, As far as you know, because I would watch this is hardcore fest where it had the crisp clean audio, and I would do my best with what I had, but I had never done it that way, and I felt like it came out so so well. And I remember Sonny responded fairly quickly and he was like, Hey man, like, yeah, the, the track sounds good. I think, you know, you're, you know, how you're following these bands, like definitely good on you. Like keep at, keep at it essentially. And uh, so that was definitely another highlight that I wrote down when I was writing out the years of different things um, that I I wanted to shout out. So, You know, definitely, you know, now that I've been able to connect with Sonny and and do different things with him, it was definitely very cool to get that, I guess, initial thumbs up from him. So now we're into 2018. Um, So we continue to film a lot of local shows in Calgary. And I drove up a lot to Edmonton to film shows up there. It was, you know, like I had friends. Oh, yeah, 2018. I'm on the wrong tab. Okay. <laughs> so 2018, yeah, there's there's a lot of shows happening in, in Calgary. I'm starting to see a few more, like, bigger bands. So, like, bigger um, set, sets that are going to bring more eyes to the channel versus, you know, the, the small local bands like Bleach or fucking, who else? Um, you know, Juice, Trench. Like, those are all, like, bands that I loved, but, you know, it was very apparent that we need that we needed to to continue to grow. We needed to film bigger bands, um, and some of the bands that we had these like early connection points in this year um, were bands like Dying Wish. Getting to film them, kind of pre any of the hype or awareness that they had, was definitely really cool. Um, the first time I filmed Ingrown, there was like thirty people in the room and. Um, it was fucking crazy. They perform, I remember vividly how good they performed and it's just as good, if not better, um, you know, getting to see them so many years later. And that's, that's been a band in the early days of scope that I think back on. It's like, yeah, that, that shit is, is buried, but like, it just goes to show how great of a band that they are and have, you know, really leveled up. Uh, over time uh another you know early set of a up up and coming band that you know hasn't really seen the light of day recently but there's some rumblings of you know et- this is just my speculation but uh hands of god um got to see them in 2018 for wild rose hardcore fest they were like definitely one of the standout sets for me and you know even though that band has kind of been m.i.a um I feel like there's some action coming up for them. Like it, it is definitely for any band that's on a hiatus outside of maybe Title Fight. I feel like Hands of God is like one of those bands where people are just like eagerly awaiting their return. Um, and I'll just put it out there in case uh, anyone from that band is listening. But the minute that anything might be happening, I wanna I wanna do a Hands of God. Scoped Exposure Podcast. I think that would be fucking dope. Um, so 2018, filming a lot of bands. Um, you know, we're filming the bigger bands that are coming to town. Like uh, this is the first and only time that I've seen Power Trip. Um, this is when Riley was still alive. Rest in peace to a fucking goat. Um, that set to me was one that I'll still go back and and watch. It was sold out at Dickens. Fucking crazy time. Um, the first time we saw Vane um this is kind of I think um Arizona wasn't even out at this point and their set was crazy um just kind of scrolling down to see any other standout shows um man so many memories (laughs) filming a, a trap house in Edmonton with like serration bleach and everything you ever loved um that shit was fun. <laughs> um and then I I think of the other big highlight from 2018 that I wanted to talk about was the the terror weekend that happened in, in Western Canada. So it was essentially terror playing Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary over Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And on paper. It was our Scoped one-year anniversary, and I've talked about this before, so apologies to everyone who, who's got to hear it again, but um, I need to quickly share on on just how that came to be, because I think that opportunity and just the, the way it happened helped give me a lot of inspiration of, like, oh, I can do some, like, big-scale shit if I put my mind to it. So at the time, you know, it's coming up on an anniversary of Scoped, and I was like, oh, maybe I should do a show or maybe that would be a cool thing for us to do. And, you know, I thought about reaching out to a couple regional bands like Stepping Stone um, to Headline or doing something like that. And I've talked about this many times on the podcast. I fucking hate booking shows. I There's a reason that I'm filming stuff and giving back to my scene that way and not the one booking that. And I have like mad respect for anyone who chooses to book. You know, one show, like, they are booking... uh, They're touring, like, a booking agent. They're doing a fest. Like, that shit is so exhausting. And there's so many logistical things that you have to worry about. And at the time, I was, like, it was rose-colored glasses, and I had no idea the scale as to which... What I would need to do. I was just, like, maybe I'll do a show. And maybe I'll do it on... um, (laughs) I'm like, what day was it? I'm like, maybe I'll do it on Labor Day weekend. And the story goes as my friend Sean, who plays in a band called Ceilings, um, was in town for a show. I met up with him for lunch. And there was a couple other people that I guess they were like collectively meeting up with. And uh, there was a dude who, who booked shows uh, in Calgary that was also there. And I was just kind of mentioning, I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about booking a show, uh, in September. And he's like, Oh yeah. Like when in September, I was like, yeah, like, I think like Labor Day weekend, I think like, I want to ask like a, a few like local bands, uh, and maybe get like a stepping stone or something like, you know, it's kind of to celebrate our one year He's like, I'm booking terror on the first weekend of September. And I was like, Oh, and and I was like, uh, well, and I kind of didn't really know what to say because it was like, well, that definitely can't happen where there could be two hardcore shows. And I, in my mind, I kind of like went home and I was like, well, I guess I'm not doing anything for the one year. I'm just going to kind of leave it as is. And then I remember I got a message the next day from JFK. And JFK, for, for those that don't know, or is a... Is a is a dude that book shows up in Edmonton Alberta Canada uh owns the Buckingham and uh, modern love that just opened up in Calgary and um how I met JFk is actually kind of interesting because before the before scope started there was a show uh where it was comeback kid and the story so far in Edmonton and this is in 2016 I believe let me just assess the, assess the archives, I think it was, yeah, because this is, this is on the, um, on the Spencer channel, where, where the fuck are you, oh yeah, okay, so March, no, April 16th, 2016, uh, also for, for those that don't know, this was the year that um, uh, Parker, uh, I guess, like, kind of like, air quotes, kicked that person off the of stage and everyone was getting all upset about it but then the person ended up coming up being like no like it's all good I definitely was on stage for too long but what's crazy to me is that I was watching news coverage on like on this show because like I guess this happened in Toronto and then the venue was like banning the band and it was just so fucking wild um, but it That's just my ADHD, just, like, pulling all these different (laughs) memories around. So, anyways, um, that show's happening in Edmonton with that tour package, and I wanted to film it, and I reached out to JFK, or, yeah, because JFK was booking the show, and I was like, can I film it? He's like, yeah, that's totally fine. And then I rolled up to the show um, to pay, and he was like, oh, you're already guest-listed. I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, well, you're you're filming the show. I thought I would just guest list you. And I was like, oh, that's very nice. Like, you didn't have to do that. And he kind of, like, showed me where's the best place that I could film from the floor because, you know, the stage um, at the Starlight, like, didn't – it wasn't really the best to be able to do that. And also, it's like I was so early on to doing any of this shit, so he didn't really know. But he – the important thing to the story is he took a chance on me. And he was like – you know, just there's a young kid who's trying to show his passion for hardcore and he um, he took a chance and, and played on that. So um, that was the first time I met him. So he already kind of that's how we got introduced. And I think, you know, so now we're fast forwarding to uh, 2018 and he calls me and he's like, hey, man, so I heard I hear you're trying to book a, a show in uh in September and I was like oh yeah like I I don't think that's honestly even happening anymore like you know I heard that like someone else is doing like a terror show like I thought it was nothing it's like okay so I'm mainly the one organizing all those shows you know I'm doing the one in Edmonton and then Skinny is doing the one in Calgary um I've been watching what you're doing for a long time and I definitely think it would be cool if if you want to put scoped exposure one year anniversary on the poster and help be a part of you know selecting the bands all of that. Um I'm I'm down to do that. And that honestly like even when I talk about it now like there was no need for him to do that. There was no need for him to ask me to be involved in this giant thing. And um and I just like I think about that a lot because of how because of how everything transpired and how we were able to get the bands that I thought would be a dream, there's no way that I would be able to get the bands to be able to do a scoped exposure anniversary and have it be well attended or any of that if it was just on my own. But the fact that, you know, John wanted to just kind of like staple my name, like kind of at the bottom of the poster because it was like, this is a terror show that's brought to you by... um, Newground b- Booking and CGS and, and, and all the other parties involved, and then just at the very bottom, like, have, you know, my logo. But even beyond that, being like, who do you think would be dope for the show? And so I would ask, say, Stepping Stone, Mortality Rate, um, this band Cavity that was happening at the time, Foul Mouth, which was a band that was happening at the time, um, and be able to kind of do it proper Western Canada hardcore showcase, and I knew that we did that because I remember Scott, during the Calgary show, this is at the end of the three shows, was like, this show's amazing, like, we have bands from Vancouver, we have bands all the way from Regina, like, all for the love of the game, um, and it was just so wild. So, you know, because, so there was the Edmonton and Calgary shows, and then Vancouver was uh, later added... Um, and because I was like, my name's on the, on all of these posters and, and like, I still have the working file for, for all those posters. Cause I designed them all. And I was like, I need to be there at all those shows. So what ended up happening is I flew, uh, from Calgary to Vancouver. I filmed that show, um, in Vancouver. I stayed with someone that I'm, like, blanking on, but I ended up... I, I was stupid enough to think that I could um, take the the Vancouver train all the way to Abbotsford, and I didn't <laughs> realize that, uh, um, that it, the, I guess, like, the SkyTrain that's there, like, stops at a certain point. So I have to give a huge, like, shout-out to Tyler, uh, who... He was playing in a band called Culminate at the time, but also he plays in sec- Second Nature and a Morning Star. Um, he he saved my ass and drove me from essentially the the bus station all the way to Abbotsford. Uh, I think we ate some vegan donuts in the car while we were talking. And uh, and what's funny is the reason I booked from Abbotsford and not uh, Vancouver was. Um, one of the discount airlines um, called Swoop up here that isn't around actually anymore. <laughs> like I think they called it quits only a couple months ago, but they um, had a an offer to fly from Abbotsford. It was this route only. So it was flying from Abbotsford, British Columbia to Edmonton, Alberta, which is where I needed to go for the second terror show. And the flight was $9 nine like count on two hands nine dollars just put down your your thumb um and to this day i've thought the biggest flux is that i've been able to fly on an airplane for nine dollars (laughs) um so uh that's something you know logistically challenged aside was like a funny little highlight um flew to edmonton filmed that show um and then drove down to Calgary the the next day and 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 filmed that one and to see terror to kind of follow terror and film three sets in three different cities back to back to back that that whole weekend was really opening my mind of like what I could do with this project if I really set my mind to it so that's definitely like one of like the biggest highlights from from 2018 for sure um, so now. We're into 2019, and I think 2019 is the year of us not just filming the local fest, but like filming a lot of different festivals. So the first one that I really want to highlight and talk about here um, was the DPK five-year anniversary festival. Um, so for those that don't know, DPK was a, a kind of like a promotions um, show uh, collective of individuals in Vancouver, um, largely kind of a mix of people in bands like worldview or juice. Um, and they were booking a lot of shit in, in Vancouver and were really active at the time. And I wasn't able to make it for their four year anniversary festival. Um, I had a ride set up, but then that fell through, um, cause it was with one of the bands and they weren't able to go. And it's, You know, driving in in Western Canada in the middle of February is not the move. So so the five-year, I flew in for it because it essentially was five shows over three days. So a pre-show on a Friday night, a day show on Saturday, an evening show on Saturday, and then the same thing on Sunday with a day show and an evening show. And the day shows probably had eight or nine bands and then literally just you went downstairs and then there was four or five more bands um in the uh in the lower level of of the Biltmore Cabaret in Vancouver so it was definitely like an an opportunity to film a lot of bands but it also was kind of the first time where I was actually kind of put to my limits of how to film and and how much I could film um so you know I would literally be sleeping at at someone's house. I think I think Sophia was putting me up with Mishy. Um, I don't think that they live together anymore, but at the time it was like literally just a walk away from the venue. So I have to give them a plug if they're listening. Um, so would walk there to the venue, uh, film from you know noon till almost midnight with very little breaks um backing up shit when i could it was it was definitely the first time i was like wow okay this this shit requires prep and it's a bit of a marathon um but we filmed so many awesome bands from that weekend like um that was the first time i saw drain um and i was like blown away by them they played for like 12 minutes and just like left me wanting so much more it's so the first time I saw No Right, um, which in turn, funny enough, got them. Um, I loved them so much that I wanted to book them for our Scope 2-year anniversary that we had later that year. Um, who else at the DBK 5-year? Just kind of looking at the top videos. Um, so many. So many good bands. Um, the other thing um, for the pre-show... There was a very legendary venue in Vancouver called 3 Through 3 and um, it was kind of like the the best DIY spot um, that DBK would book a lot of their shows at, so the pre-show was there, um, and that was the first time that I saw Shallow End, and I've talked about this before, but Shallow End was, is a band from Vancouver Island, Victoria specifically, and when you see the first band of a fest just absolutely kill it, and the second band comments of how sick they were and they were like, it kind of makes us feel bad to play after such a dope band like them. Um, I fell in love with that band, um, been able to chat with them for years to come and then not only last year and last summer, um, Endgame and Shallow End did a a little Western Canada tour together and I literally called Dave. I was like, bro, we we are doing the Shallow Endgame tour and he was like, OK, so it's uh, again, this this is a whole way of talking about the lore and, you know, the connection points you make in hardcore and those friendships and those, um, you know, those things that you, you know, you never know how things will play out in years to come and how how cool and wholesome it is when you're able to kind of look back and be like, oh, yeah, all it, all it was is if I didn't go to this festival and see even if i like skipped the pre-show i wouldn't have been able to see that band like be able to connect with dave and then we wouldn't have gone on tour together and i would consider him a very close friend and he doesn't even live anywhere near me right now um but yeah that's just like fucking awesome it's like one of the best things about hardcore obviously so that festival um is the first of many of that year so to follow in 2019 was Wild Rose Hardcore Fest. Uh, we also filmed the fest in Edmonton, just north of Calgary called Don't Wanna Hear It, which was definitely a more um, punk-focused festival. And after that, we also filmed New Friends Fest for the first time in Toronto, which was kind of my awareness or it was the opening of my mind of not just filming 442 step hardcore and filming something that was a little bit more off the beaten path like something like scram or screamo um i was definitely a fish out of water um for new friends it was like where's the mosh and how do i film these time signatures at times so it's it's funny cuz new friends 2023 just happened and we filmed it like last weekend and you know to think back at at those videos and how welcoming that people were how stoked people were um like i still get notifications of you know people finding certain sets from you know bands like Fox Tales or diana crawls or city of caterpillar um and they a big thing for for new friends and i've been told this multiple years is like there's a lot of people who take photos but not a lot of people who Um, who film and film full sets so that was definitely like me realizing that I'm like very vital um, for you know because not a lot of people are crazy enough just to like I'm gonna like choose to hold a camera for 20 minutes times five and you know if you're doing a fest it's even more than that but essentially I'm gonna be I'm gonna be responsible for making sure that I document and capture every single moment of this, not just for myself, but for the bands, for the people that are missing this show, um, for whatever reason, for the people attending, um, for the people's families that are going to want to watch these videos in like 10 years to make fun of, oh, remember when you played in that band? And then, you know, they can reminisce and be like, man, you actually like did some cool stuff. And because, you know, life is long but also short and I think being able to document and be able to have these things that we can look back on even when you know we're at a point in life where maybe we can't play in bands anymore is like is very crucial so that was definitely like a oh like I can tap into more than just hardcore uh, when it comes to that and uh, New Friends has just been nothing but the best people to work with so match it out to them. Um, Snow and Flurry Fest was also in 2019, the first time the first time that we filmed something out of country. And, you know, for, for those that want to know the crazy Snow and Flurry travel story, I, I've shared it too many times, but um, go and check that out. Essentially, we had the worst time getting down to Snow and Flurry, like almost missing flights, um, losing gear and luggage, um, but we were still able to... Um, to film all the bands and, and do the whole thing. But I made so many friends in Minneapolis um, that have gone on to play in other bands um, and, you know, had people on the podcast. And that was definitely, like, a a huge milestone for me just to be able to take Scoped Exposure, which is just, like, the Canadian, you know... You know, people would say, like, the Canadian hate 5 6 And I, I feel like that's a very very high honor to be able to even be considered that but like to be able to take that you know the Canadian machine to the states and be able to put American bands that are not just touring in Canada but like are playing in America but doing it to a Canadian to a largely Canadian audience at the time um it felt like a a very pivotal um a pivotal moment and the last thing in 2019 that I feel like is worth highlighting is, um, this was the year that I really was like, I want to start a podcast uh, for Scoped Exposure. And, you know, if we're going back to Wild Rose Hardcore Fest 2019, um, that was actually the first time that we that we actually f- interviewed bands. Because it was very much a big goal of mine that I wanted to... Um, I wanted to interview people in person. I didn't want to do it over Skype. Like, this is pre-COVID, right? So there's not the normalcy of, you know, online interviews or doing something virtual. It was still, like, there was very much a huge part of me that was like, I, I will never do that. <laughs> and, you know, look look at, look at it where we are now. Um, but we, yeah, we recorded a pilot episode with Cole, who was on the scope team, um, literally just did it in his living room. Um, didn't know, didn't really have a lot of notes. My interviewing was dog shit, (laughs) but you know, it was just like, we're just getting our, our feet in the door with this. And then when the fest happened, uh, I reached out to a couple people, um, to interview and we kind of sat on those episodes because we didn't really know how to roll things out and kind of do the, cro- like, should we have it on a separate channel? Like, how? what's our frequency? Blah, blah, blah. And also with interviewing people in person, you know, we were trying to be like, how many of these things should we have before we launch? And I think I, I, I was recommended to launch the podcast with multiple episodes and not just one. So we started with an interview with Cole, who again, on the scope team, photographer, um, also was getting into screen printing, I think at this time, which is now like his main focus. And, uh, that's, that's a whole nother thing as far as like how he's been, Cole has been able to, you know, essentially do screen printing full time now. And, um, so we did with Cole, uh, my friend Dom, who, uh, runs Pit Black North, which is a, uh, like a tea company that has a, Satanic vibe to it, um, and he's he's a dope dude. Like we've been able to rub shoulders multiple times throughout the years. Um, listen to his band, Satanic Tico, if you like, you know, grind metal or just heavy ass shit. Uh, and then the last one was my my good friend Sean. Um, Sean, I played in a few bands with. I mentioned him a little earlier, as he was the one in that band, Ceilings, that was coming to town. I played in bands with him. Um, and he was gracious enough to, uh, to you know, because a lot of these early things for, for filming bands or, ha- or interviewing people, um, you know, it's it's people being cool enough for, for other creatives to, to mess up and to, like, get their, just to figure out what the fuck that they're doing. Like, I feel like it's really important just for me to highlight here quick, like, you know, there are going to be people that do stuff in hardcore in, a, in an order to give back. And I think there's obviously like certain guidelines or best practices or things to be self-aware about for sure. But I think for people, it's really going to diminish someone's interest in like being involved even outside of if they play in bands or not or to be able to allow people to, to, to scratch those itches if they want to take photos of a show like maybe they don't have the best camera maybe all the photos are going to be out of focus but at least giving them the opportunity to like have those core moments of being able to be like wow that was so cool, that was so fun that was so cool I want to come back and do that again that will get better and better over time for sure um and and there's also the oppor- there's the chance that they don't get better and then they stop doing it. But, like, I am more in in the in the mindset of trying to create moments and opportunity for people to, like, really get invested and really get obsessed with this shit. So I um, forget where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. So essentially the bands that I've been filming in the early years and even in the podcast, it's, like, people being willing to allow me to – Figure it out, and I think that was definitely the 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 vibe with, uh, especially the first season of the podcast. I feel like only until season two, I was like, okay, I I know what I'm doing. I know roughly what how I want to be interviewing people, and and that's changed too. But I I really felt like by the time I had interviewed a hundred people for the for the podcast, that's when I was like, okay, now 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 things are making sense. Um, but yeah, in 2019, when we, you know, we'd film some podcast episodes when bands would be touring through, um, there was a time where there is, uh, the Calgary Public Library um, was renovated. And when they opened, they had these media rooms that you could rent uh, for free if you had a library card. So the hack that that Jordan and I would do was, we would rent a media room <laughs> and what we would do at times. Cause I think it was like a two hour max. Um, he would, uh, I would book the first two hours and then he would book the second two hours on his library card immediately after. So we could be in there for a total of four hours. Um, but at the time, you know, we were only doing like maybe an hour long podcast, depending if it went over. But we like, we just took all of our gear In like hauled it up these stairs to the Calgary Public Library. Went all the way up, spent maybe half an hour each interview, like setting up the cameras, trying to get the lighting right, and then that person would show up. um, We do the interview and then tear it down immediately. And that it was really really fun. But in hindsight, I was like, man, that was a lot of work versus what we do now, where it's like I just jump on a computer and make sure that I turn a light on and turn a few audio things on and then we're off to the races but Jordan was like very um I was a little hesitant if he was even down to like kind of do podcasting content but it definitely seems to we found a really awesome workflow and I think that there's a lot of enjoyment there um for both of us so so yeah 2019 just feels like a very epic year for for scopes you know we film so many fests and I think i'm trying to see if i can pull up um because i remember i did like a little graphic with the stats uh as far as like carrying over and how different scoped exposure was from 2019 to uh or sorry 2018 to 2019 um so let me see so In 2019 we filmed 260 sets which is almost yeah more than double from what we filmed in 2018 um we filmed uh 184 different bands which um is the the prior year we had filmed 72 so that's almost i guess that's what more than three times more um yeah it's crazy like how much different um you know the scene was or not the scene (laughs) what am i even saying it's crazy how different scoped exposure was um to uh from the year prior as far as how much we did how how many different bands we hit Like, there's also the number of cities that we went to. We did Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, Kelowna, Winnipeg, Burnsville, Minneapolis, or Minnesota, and Regina. Um, We filmed a ton of last sets. We filmed a ton of first sets. Filmed a few reunion sets. Filmed a bunch of festivals that talked about that. Um, Yeah, it's just... And we had so many other friends as well who either photographers who were giving us photos for uh, thumbnails, uh, or other people who are just helping us film in general, like that was really an epic year for scoped exposure. And, you know, I, I definitely think of that pre pre COVID obviously, but that was definitely like a very golden year, um, that I look fondly on. So speaking of, uh, Dorona, we're into 2020. So in 2020, um, you know, not knowing that the the world is about to change drastically. Um, you know, we've started to film a few shows. Um, nothing crazy, you know. There, there There is one that I guess I, I would like to highlight. Um, there was a dude in Toronto, uh, I think is Aiden or Adrian, um, plays in a band called Born Without Hope, reached out to us on social media and was like, hey, could you come film the show? And granted it happens from time to time where someone's like, Hey, can you come film a show? And it's in Toronto. And it's like, dude, we're in Western Canada. And it's no different from like a fest, um, being like, Oh, Hey, like you're a Canadian band. You must be from Toronto and we're in Louisville. Can you come play the show? It's like, we are from Vancouver or somewhere beyond that. Um, but, yeah, this, this random dude who I guess was following us asked if uh, if we could film a show and this was in February of 2020 and I was like, uh, I mean, if you want to fly me out then like I'll do a one-off and he, he was like, okay, let's do it. So he booked my flight and I filmed um, Born Without Without Hope which was his band. I also filmed Enemy of God, Anti Up and Bar Down. Um, and it was just kind of wild just to like literally just, I guess, be so, have the, 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 the skill set that I have be so desired that someone would be willing to, you know, throw $300 or whatever the flight was at the time, um, to fly me out just to film for a couple of hours and come back and, and put it out. And, uh, you know, those videos didn't do crazy, but like, that wasn't the goal. It was just like, Let's do something dope uh, to make this show extra special. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. So, you know, obviously, that was one of the only show positives (laughs) that happened in 2020. Um, You know, things get shut down. And, you know, it was kind of... When it was, like, peak lockdown times, it was definitely, like, okay, a huge adjustment that i had to make was like okay i have to interview people on this zoom thing that everyone's talking about that's kind of like you know the the better version of skype supposedly so i started doing a lot of zoom interviews i figured out the workflow uh, to be able to do that very painstakingly at times um but i think because of the time i think people realizing that was like, maybe shows aren't going to be back for, you know, this isn't just like a month long break from whatever. Like, so I think at the time people had ample, um, availability to jump on a, you know, an hour to hour and a half, um, call with me, or they like needed to because they had a record to promote or, or whatever it was. Um, but because like we slowly started to run out of, um, of of content from live sets to post um i was doing like three podcast episodes a week which i look at now I'm like how the fuck was i even doing that like it was literally burn and turn um for so long and i think that high output definitely probably caught the attention of a lot of y'all that, that listen to us today which is kind of you know serendipitously funny to think about but i you know, I couldn't work like my wife was still working with her job. So I was like, I had all the time and to not go crazy. Um, I was like, OK, I'm going to just lean into this podcast thing. And that definitely was the right move because look at to where it is today. Um, in addition to the uh, to the podcast, we did the listen up playlist. And that was just me being so in, like amazed by how much music was still being released and all these new bands were starting because of the pandemic um i was you know like hey i'll do like a monthly recap and i'll do themes and you know it's not people don't do the the playlist as much anymore but it was it was popular over over this time um and there was times where i was doing listened up playlist updates once a week and i still think i was like how the fuck was I even doing that on top of doing three episodes per podcast, but, um, or per week for the podcast? It was just like a very, you know, I was like, I had all this time and I just, my crazy ADHD, like, I just need to be moving at all times brain was just like, it was just go mode. Um, so 2020 was definitely like a weird year for obvious reasons, but I think because, I had this innate fear that I was like, I don't want Scope to be irrelevant. Like, Sonny was still posting so much of his content because he just had such a high volume. But, and like, you know, I would think about like, 197 would do a lot of like, live streams um, with like, different venues and stuff. But I was like, I can maybe do a little bit of that, but like I think my main thing is just content generation and I leaned into the podcast, I leaned into the playlist and those both just took off and I'm really thankful that I had that time um, because if life just went on as normal, I don't think the podcast would have really gotten to the point that it is now for obvious reasons and I don't think that I would have flown the flag as hard as I did for people listening to new music and, fu- and making a, a pretty easy way to uh to to see a bunch of new music from that month in in one spot so the other last thing for 2020 that i want to say is um you know we filmed this amazing band uh from ottawa called sedition at wild rose in 2019 that band fell apart for reasons I won't get into. But if you know, you know. And that was literally the only other set that we had unreleased um, before, like, you know, when we were running out of stuff in the midst of lockdown. And I remember I messaged Lance, uh, who's in the band, and I was like, hey, man, I know that we agreed that we weren't going to put this set out, but like, given the times, I think a lot of people, it might. It might brighten up their day if uh, if we could release this. And literally, I have nothing else to post. So could I get your blessing on it? And he said, you know, it, you're good on my part, but I would just kind of go ch- and check with every other member of the band just so it can be a collective um, approval. And I did that, and we, we got the yes from everyone, and we posted it, and literally, it's just so funny to say this sentence, but like without... COVID nineteen causing a world pandemic. I don't think the Sedition Wild Rose set would be released today. So all it took was a, all it took was that to like make make that see the letter of day. So uh, yeah, go listen to Sedition if you haven't. Um, but yeah, rip rip to that band as well, or unrip. I don't know if that band's happening. In my mind, that band's done. But don't quote me on that. Okay, 2021, shows are back, right? Or they start to trickle back. Shows are back a lot more in America in the year of 2021 than it is in um, in Canada. We were a little behind the ball, and I think it was just mainly off of our government being a little too nervous to just open up and to do some of those things. So in the midst of the, the Canadian government kind of not wanting to lean into the okay like let's open up the floodgates so to speak which you could argue was the right decision for america to do that first or not but um in my opinion like it needed to happen one or another i think if we had gone a full, uh even into two years without shows it would have been i don't know if we would have as big a, a boom of new people checking it out versus just one so anyways Uh, The first show back for me was Northern Alliance Fest 2021 where I like I reached out to Cam who was booking it and I was like I want to I want to come out to do this and he was down and that was definitely the wildest just you know first show back during such a weird time and having it be in a totally different country not really knowing anyone there but like certain people like giving me props and shouting me out, a ton of connection points from, from that fest as well. Um, I think, like, a couple sets that stand out were uh, Unity TX um, was, like, really dope. I had Jay on the podcast, like, really prior, but, like, again, it was, like, the first time that we spoke to each other. Um, but getting to, to see that set was very, very special to me. Um, I also think like getting to see these streets have like one of the best sets um, that Cam has, has mentioned in rec- recent history. That's definitely very special as well. Um, so it, it largely was Northern Alliance. And then not a few months later, um, getting reached out by Aaron to do Promcore, which was, um, you know, which is now Flyover Fest, uh, which happens in Tulsa. And that was. A huge opportunity for us again, not only to get an another another American Fest uh, to be able to put on the channel, but like getting to get such a large volume <laughs> of bands. And um, I think I think there was one day, which was the Saturday, where I filmed. I think it was twenty three bands in one day. I think that's right. It was. Two stages, no breaks, um, pretty much no food in my system, very little water, mainly Red Bull. Um, but that was the first time I saw Scowl, that's the first time I saw Zulu perform, first time I saw Omerta, Peeling Flesh, um, just made so many connection points in a, in a place that I never even thought I would make friends and hardcore with in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, but that, that weekend holds a very special place in my heart. Um, and yeah, I'm just like going through like the time of pressures last show. Um, first time I saw Ballista, um, Mind's Eye, Gagging Order, uh, Fox Lake, some hip-hop hardcore, first time I saw Sledge, the Gates to Hell, uh, Pumpkin set, well, they played with pumpkins, and then much later, Purgatory played that same stage, and then people started moshing with the pumpkins, and it literally just became a food fight. That was sick. <laughs> um, what else happened in 2021? Oh, so like, like I said before, um, I didn't feel like I really got the handle of the podcast until season two kind of kicked off, and uh, I really kind of, you know, I updated the setup, um, we started to get Bev sponsors, which is definitely a big highlight and milestone for me. That's where I was like, okay, we can do this. We can combine the Bev world and the hardcore world together. Um, you know, definitely a lot of great top episodes. Um, I'm just looking at the stats here, you know, people, so many people I've met, um, who say they've discovered, um, scoped exposure or specifically the podcast through majority of the knock loose interviews that we've done and brian brian's episode always comes up and uh his episode is still to this day the top um youtube episode that we've put out um you know joseph from tsunami was the first time having him on the podcast and like kind of learning about him and the band and you know now i've been able to like play shows with him like I would consider him, like, a friend. Like, I get to see him on non-hardcore occasions, like, very much. Um, so, uh, the Jay Mindforce episode it was really dope. Um, Scott from Terror. Uh, Brendan Murphy coming on for the second time on the podcast. Uh, Taylor Young interview. I know that was, like, one that people really, really liked. Um, and, yeah, just, like, a bunch. Like, we just like if you look at the, I remember I posted a, a recap when season two ended just to show all the different guests and episodes that we've done. And I got so many messages from people being like, man, y'all really leveled up from last year. And I was like, yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to find that balance too, where, you know, we're having a bigger guest on the, on the show, but also be able to have like certain people from like the Western Canada space or just the Canadian space in general that I'm like, there's a lot of things to talk about and 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 give them a platform as well. Um, yeah, a lot of great episodes. Jim and Josh from Speed, like literally maybe a month after they dropped, we see you, and that is undoubtedly like the track that I think changed that that band um, for the better. Not for the better, but just like y- y- y'all know, y'all know what I mean. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, season two was a fucking great time for us so yeah in, in addition to fests and the and the podcast like we're still filming a, a number of shows because shows in canada just started to come back kind of into the fall um you know sometimes with restrictions sometimes without um but there's yeah there's a, def, a definitely a ton of dope shows and now we're into 2022 so this is just last year and You know, this is the point in the story where it's been a lot of a lot of growth, a lot of scaling up, a lot of like new cool opportunities. And then I think this is kind of the year where not things like take a turn for the worst. That's like really downplaying it. But like I think this is the year where I really in hindsight realized that it was like, oh, this is like becoming more than just like a little passion project that I'm doing. So to kind of break it down a little bit more, let me find my 2022. So there's there's a few festivals that we um, have the opportunity to cover. Um, you know, we do New Friends Fest again. We do uh, – oh, I'll, I'll wait for that in a second. So we do New Friends Fest. We do Hold Your Ground Fest in Mississauga. We do Snow and Flurry. Um, and, you know, there's a plethora of, like, really awesome shows that come through Calgary um i think or in tour packages as well i'm thinking about the comeback kid cancer bats misery signal show uh the scowl touche Vane. um who else was on that oh military gun for and for those that don't know the during that tour vein the drummer of Vane, um like just destroyed his hand and it exploded not like actually, but, like, the insides of it exploded um, in a very freak accident, and that happened in between the Vancouver and the Calgary show, so literally for that show, they had four fill-in drummers, and I remember uh, Anthony from Vane kind of, like, saw that I was filming and, like, tapped me on the shoulder. I think this was during, like, military gun or something, and he was like, hey, uh, would you mind sending me this set before you post it? And, uh, just so I can, you know, we don't know how this whole thing is going to go with all the, dr- I was like, dude, I totally understand. Like, I can definitely send it to you. Like, you know, and, and but what was crazy was when he was asked, he's like, yeah, like you, you're scoped exposure, right? Like I, I've been following your shit. And so that was definitely really cool to, to finally put that out. Um, yeah, filmed, filmed a lot of shows, played a lot of shows. Um, the, Big thing as well that I want to highlight show-wise was we did scope five-year. And, you know, like, scope four-year, we couldn't really do because of COVID. Scope three, we couldn't do because of COVID. So, like, five years of doing anything was, like, definitely a huge milestone. And, like, I really, like, wanted to be able to, like, go above and beyond. And if I'm being, like completely honest i think like looking back at everything like i think everything happened for a reason and i think that we did a really great job um based off you know the the circumstances of 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 whatever but i think like when i think of like i l- i'm looking at the lineup here and there's so many bands that have all these like lore connection points that I've been referring to earlier and just other bands that I literally never in my wildest dreams would have imagined being able to book um, let it alone like speak to so the fact like the fact that we had Strife, Tsunami Sc- and Scowl on in Calgary for one weekend is just like it was just like the year of the the dope S bands you know and I know Scope Scoped is a band but I feel like my name is Spencer, Scoped Exposure. S is just the best letter. Fuck all the other letters. <laughs> but, um, you know, different additions to the Fest that were really special to me were, were you know, bands like I Am, uh, bands like uh, Extract. Um, I got to play guitar and Extract, and that was definitely, like, something that was just, like, I never thought that that would have even been, have been possible, but, like... That was just so sick to be able to play with those guys again, um, to have a little bit of Winnipeg flavor on the fest. Um, Gates to Hell, uh, Karma. There's just like so many great bands. And like it was such a very special weekend. And even though I felt like I didn't get to enjoy it as much because I was just literally a stress ball and a half, like trying to film, run, and play a festival, um, it was definitely like something I felt like so monumentous. And I like definitely have to shout out anyone who was involved in helping us run the actual day. It was like so great to have people, whether it was like stocking up on snacks for the bands, uh, Adam who is running the show, um, and, and make, uh, running the show for sound, um, problem solving on the go. Nikki and her mom to be able to just be so awesome at like making sure everything went smooth and uh, according to plan. Um, Yeah, it was just fucking wild. And, uh, you know, I think as a part of that fest, something I did was I took a list. uh, I took kind of the list I had of every single band that I had filmed and I did like a giant kind of like screen. It's not even screen printed. It's just like something, just a giant banner, and it like fr- alphabetically listed every single band that we had filmed. And you know, <laughs> I like took it to the to a baseball diamond that that was by my house, and like propped it up, and like took a photo of me sitting behind it. And I think, how many bands is this? I think I said it in my caption, almost four hundred bands. And I think at this time, I think we're like close to maybe almost five, maybe six. I don't know. But with all that being said, it's just like, it's wild to look back when you've been doing something for so long and how many. Because, you know, even if I want to say on average, there's four people in all these bands, if it's like 400 times four, that's like 1,600 people that I had had some subtle connection or impact to. Uh, when it came to, to what I do. And to me, that's not something I take lightly or for granted. And like, I really, it is is a big reminder to me, even as I'm saying this about like how vital it is to be doing this shit, but like also like how many people it can actually affect. So um, I hope this doesn't come as me just trying to like flex or anything i just like i'm really aware of like how filming one set is not even just for the four you know the 1600 people in in all those bands it's all the people the hundreds of people if not hundreds of thousands of people who have attended all these shows that i was just the only one who is um filming it it's just it's wild to think about all that and and how i'm just playing a small part in that um so You know, 2022, we did a lot of stuff. And, you know, this is kind of fast-forwarding to stuff now. Um, I think this, looking back, and maybe not at the time, but, like, realizing that this was a... This is something that I need to be able to have systems in place, um... It can't just fall on my shoulders. I need to plan ahead on a lot of things. And a lot of these opportunities, it was like, film new friends, and now I'm into scope five. And then uh, two weeks later, I'm into Holder Ground. And then like a month later, I'm into Snow and Flurry. And I just kind of like bounced around. And and this is in the midst of like a lot of like personal stuff happening for me, Um, like being wrongfully let go from my job and just like, struggling with like what the fuck am I going to do now and I just honestly I just threw myself into hardcore and almost like put some blinders on from real life and and I'm just trying to be like completely honest here because maybe someone else is going to be listening to and going through a similar thing like that was it was wrong for me to be so like I was already so active and busy with scoped and then when I almost went into the activity and the output level of what I was trying to do when it was, like, COVID lockdown times. But the obvious difference is, like, okay, there's no government support for me not being able to work. Like, I can go out and work, but, like, maybe I just didn't – like, I didn't try. I just was, like, I have too much going on. Let me just give all my time and energy to this. And obviously, like, looking back, I should have not done that. And I think – the stress of that and, and what transpired into a lot of like this year has definitely, you know, has made me realize that I need to kind of like have more ownership in the sense of like how I'm protecting and preserving and how I'm managing my own like bandwidth and health and, um, and my own time. And, you know, that it's been a very big self-awareness, reset and recheck for me going from 2022 into 2023 um i'm not trying to try to be a downer for this episode but i'm really trying to show how this project for me has had highs huge highs and 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 now we're into a kind of a a strange low period where i'm kind of reevaluate and reframe a lot of it is what i do um but to keep the vibes up supposedly um (laughs) So, 2023 um, kind of kicks off. Um, you know, that's the year that we're in now. Um, when it comes to like fests and like bigger things that we have done, um, Montreal Madhouse, uh, that's its own conversation, but we're in the midst of like releasing sets from that. Um, definitely a really awesome um, show for Montreal. And I understand why a lot of people want the videos out. So be patient, they're coming. Um, Honestly, like I want to have all those out by the end of August. That's my goal. Um, capital of Hardcore, um, film that. Shout out to Dan and and Mark. Um, haven't released any videos from that actually, so need to get on that. <laughs> um, so those two things happen, and then in the midst of everything going on in my life, um, it was decided to move to Toronto which is where I'm at now and filmed that speech show the minute that I got here and that was like again going back to that earlier point of being able to serendipitously have something hardcore related the minute that I show up on the scene um, is like very very cool and I think definitely good for like my mental health um, but ever since then I've been filming what shows I can out in Toronto and then Uh, Jordan who helps me with the podcast is kind of filming the 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 shows that he can out in Calgary and beyond Um, we just covered New Friends Fest 2023 and I feel like there's I've talked to the team but I've already discussed like I think to recap that festival should be its own podcast Um, so I've talking to to Rohan and Vanessa about seeing if we could do something um, but that It was really cool to be able to film that for the third time. And it definitely felt a lot different just being based here. And I felt like I could prepare a little bit more and not feel as stressed. Um, I also want to quickly plug Tara. Um, They go by shot by demon on Instagram and roar, who what's their Instagram? Oh, how am I going to be able to check this? Oh, I'm burping at the same time of talking here. so Tara and Roar both were helping me significantly throughout the weekend um, uh, of new friends. So, um, so Roar is Raccoon Roar Media on Instagram. Um, they were helping me out significantly and just like making that whole weekend a lot. Easier for me just to kind of like chill and do my thing and can connect with old friends and connect with new friends. Um, so I have to give them a plug. Um in the midst of all the things in 2023, another thing that happened was we ended season two and we started season three of the podcast. And that to me, it's felt like the most biggest year of the of the podcast for sure. Like getting to interview some of the people that we've interviewed have have been like very, very humbling. Like we kicked off season three, uh interviewing Justice from Trapped on Rice. Um got to talk about that TUI weekend that uh that I mentioned earlier in the episode. Um we recently had Joe Hardcore on. That was like definitely a big big episode. Um you know it, and It's funny now, because we've done so many interviews with people. Now I get to do like fun stuff like having Nico from Knock Loose on, and that kind of finishes a set of being able to say that we've interviewed individually every member of that band. And then it's like, oh, who else in other bands can I do that with? And so I'll give a a little tease. We're going to be interviewing... Um, Kane, who's the drummer of Speed, he's the last member that we haven't interviewed yet. Um, so once they're back from their U.S. stuff, we're going to be setting up some time. Um, it just feels like I'm, this is my, you know, my second season of, like, really knowing what the fuck I want to do with this show, and I feel like my interviewing style is a lot better. I think that there's more criticism because the episodes are going out to more people, Um, but I think I have just really have a confidence of, of how I talk to people and what I want to focus on and how I want to steer a conversation. And it's always a joy to me when, when two things happen, when I interview someone first is during an interview, if they say good question, I know that it's, to me, it's a good episode when I know that the guest is like, Oh, you actually did some research. You're asking something that's interesting and not like, how do people like the new record? You know, like I, I really try to avoid some of those, uh, very easy, low hanging fruit questions. Um, but the second thing that I think is really interesting is, um, the minute that we end an an interview, they're like, that was so fun. I hate doing this shit to like promote the record or like, like when When people, certain people only want to do the podcast right now um, to, because they view it as like press and they need to promote a record and and all that. And I, and I totally get, I think, you know, shows are back, been back. um, People don't want to maybe sit on, uh, on Zoom for an hour. You know, maybe they're too busy. Maybe they have too many things going on. Um, But it's been like very... It's a goal of mine to, like, create a show more than, like, an interview podcast where people can just, like, be down to come on and just shoot the shit on literally whatever, whether they have things going on or, or not. So, yeah, like, there's so many top episodes um, from uh, season three already that I think will really stand the test of time, even if we're getting into, you know, seasons six through eight. Um Colin uh Colin Young from from God's Hate and Twitching Tongues being number one, sitting promptly at number one. Uh I mentioned the uh the justice interview, uh Devin from Sangosugabog, um, you know, Jay from Mind Force. Uh this one's a little bit more recent. Uh Seven from Snuff on Sight. Um, you know, it's just been really, really cool. Just like to talk to people and to talk to people in big bands where I have knowledge of those bands because I've been fans of them. Um, but, you know, they're, they're people that there's there's eyes and, and ears of people who also want to listen to those individuals as well. So, one last, I guess, highlight from this year so far that I really want to highlight is um, a highlight that I want to highlight. That's a great way to say it. <laughs> um you know i think i don't do this shit for any of the thing the the numbers so to speak um if i if i only did it for the numbers i wouldn't film every single band i wouldn't like post every single set like i i fuck up my algorithm constantly <laughs> and it's not because i do it intentionally it's just like this band that doesn't have any hype or awareness around them um either played a Ama- the most amazing set that you ever had, or or maybe it was kind of mid, or, or it doesn't really matter. But I'm still doing my part in in allowing um, them to be documented and and not like play f- favorites by any means. Um, but it is always fun when like a certain post or certain reel or certain set goes a little beyond what I expect it to go. Um, so when I moved to Toronto here, I went to a show in London, Ontario, which I didn't have really any high expectations for. It was more so to see some um, people in bands that I hadn't seen in a long time. And, uh, you know, just like go to a a local show in the area. And um, my good friend, Mike, who I only really knew uh, for singing in Cold Shoulder. Uh, his other band, Street Justice, uh, was playing, and they're a vegan straight edge band. Um, and what was funny is that uh, so this is the this in, this is the infamous um, "Come on, man, go vegan. I'm literally stronger than all of you. Just fucking do it." Clip um, spawned. And for for those that know Mike, like Mike is one of the sweetest teddy bear individuals that you could ever meet. And um, what's funny is that Mike doesn't say a lot in between sets, um, and even when he does, it's kind of like like I love the dude, but I wouldn't say that he's doing anything that's like like of the Tyler Short level of a frontman speech, if you know what I mean. So, and I think he knows that too. Um, And actually, I know that he knows that because the minute that this happened, when he was recapping it, he was like, he felt inspired by, you know, the last time that inclination, he saw inclination um, to be like, yeah, I should be saying something um, on stage or maybe I should try that out a little bit more. So saying something in a very on the nose comedic way uh, of saying go vegan, I'm stronger than all of you, just do it and then following it up with the where's my protein? Um, it was just so hilarious and when I was editing the set, it was me realizing I was like this is this is fucking so this needs to be a clip on its own, let alone um, you know, just something someone's gonna find in the set. And I think because I just have had this mindset for so long of like I have so much to do and I just need to get, the full sets out and I and I kind of miss some of those you know golden goose egg moments stuck in the in the in the whole mess of everything else that I'm doing um it's not that I miss them it's like I just don't play into them as much so after I put a clip out of the set the next day I posted just that clip and I threw on some captions just because I knew that would help the um help the reel. um It went crazy. And when I say crazy, I mean, I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, really going up. And then it was like, oh, my God, like, what is happening? Because to this day, like, I'm literally on my phone right now pulling, and I don't have to scroll down very far to find a recent comment from that video. Come on. I shouldn't. Oh, there it is. (laughs) So... That okay, just looking at the freshest of insights from from August 10th at 11:44 a.m. Um, that reel has had is that right? 532,000 plays, 2200 um, likes, almost 1500, comments, 12 almost 13,000 shares and 2,800 saves. And the reach of that, you know, for all the marketing nerds who listen to this podcast, um, we hit almost half a million accounts with only 10,000 of those being followers. So in the midst of it kind of blowing up, you know, there was a lot of like toxicity in the comments and I'm definitely glad that, You know, if something was going to go viral, it could be with someone like Mike who could take like as soon as people started commenting about him, I like kind of checked in and he was like, oh, dude, they're just all idiots. Like, I'm good. You don't need to you don't need to worry about me. So in the midst of all that, like I definitely think that he was the best person, but there was a lot of toxic, like anti vegan people or just people who got triggered because of that. And I think all the comments of that just like kind of shot that reel to the move to the moon where it would it went hardcore viral, so to speak, but then it went like regular normie person viral. Cause I would get comments and I would click on their profile and click who they followed and no bands would show up. So I was like, Oh, you you've never listened to a breakdown in your life, but you're seeing this and you're like, I need to fucking say something. So i'm i'm sharing this as like a highlight from this year because a big focus of mine going into the back half of 23 but also into 2024 is like scoped exposure like like not only did that clip bring a lot of new attention to us but like it really really helped the band um i met up with mike like not only a few weeks after that, just randomly, just ran into him in Toronto, and he said, "Dude, like that clip gained us 500 new followers on Instagram. We sold out of all our merch." And um, I, I, my guess as to why this happened: uh, Street Justice opened for the Acacia Strain uh, uh, when they were on tour with Fitz for an autop- 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 autopsy, and a the grind. And I was, I was told that Vince was like, I want them to play. And Street Justice is like a pretty straight up hardcore band. And that entire tour package is like pretty much all metal bands or like grind bands, if however you want to spin it. So it definitely is out of place. But I think, and I think it's fair to guess, is that I think that, Vincent saw that reel and was like, this is dope. I want to play with this band. Because anyone who knows Vincent knows that he's plugged in on everything. And the rest of that tour package, and I, I'm gonna try to check with uh t- with Mike about this. Um and, and maybe Vincent one day. I, I know that Vincent, you don't do podcasts, but if you want to come on to talk about this, that's cool too. Um but to think that we might have had a hand in like something like that happening, it just really reminds me and encourages me to like lean into the clips for, for scoped exposure and not again, like I could care less about the views and like any, any of that stuff that's going to happen, but realizing that it's like, we're sitting on so much that, you know, all it takes is like a clip of, A speech from a hardcore band, um, you know, a funny moment that actually kind of like gets shared and actually pushes out, then people are actually going to check out that band. Like, even if it's the dopest like mosh footage, there's still a part of someone who might not want like who might just like, oh yeah, I've seen that before. I've yeah, cool two step, everyone's dancing, but they actually don't check out the music. So I'm thinking of trying to focus a lot more on, like, the the moments that make a set really unique, whether it's funny, wholesome, really just heart-touching, whatever it is, and, and really push that a lot more uh, in the years to come. Um, and that brings us to today. Um, you know, still got lots of stuff to do in 2023. Um, sco- the season three of the podcast has, you know, 30 or so more episodes still got a lot of stuff to to release and edit from festivals from this year and last year um but i just i hope this was at least interesting to someone who might be a little bit newer to the scoped exposure world as far as you know where this all came from and i think maybe a selfish goal is like i've been doing this shit for like a long long time and i know that when you do anything creative, there are years and 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 moments where you you want to give up, and you uh, and and you want to give up because it's too hard. You're not getting the traction that you want. Um, some person is like thinking, saying your shit sucks or whatever it is. And I have had my own inner turmoil t- inner, inner turmoil with a lot of that when it comes to just like like feeling burnt out like and just really like being like beside myself as far as why I'm still doing this and then all it takes is I f- I film new friends and it's like oh this is why I'm doing this and there there are moments that kind of br- put the wind back in my sails and you know it's definitely in a in a very trying time for me when it comes to keeping this thing going but I've I've said it before it's like, I really believe in the mission of what Scoped Exposure is doing. And that's to bring the attention that I feel like is deserved onto Western Canada as far as the bands, the scenes, the festivals, the the people involved, the documenters, and try to change the conversation when it comes, what it, what it means to tour Canada. And n- I, I want to be able to look back at this in ten, fifteen years at some point, and knowing that when people say North American tours, they just they don't just go to Toronto. When people are thinking of having international bands for a festival, they have to pick uh, a Canadian band because there's too many good ones to choose from. Um, labels are going to sign more Canadian bands. Like I'm just really just really passionate about just like having canadian hardcore be in the conversation just as much as australian hardcore is as european hardcore like i know that the majority of you guys who are listening to this are going to be based in the states and y'all are going to be based everywhere from the really awesome scenes that have everything going for them like california or new york or Florida and I know there's people listening to this who are in the like the smaller scenes like the Tulsa's the Louisville's the the Minneapolis's the Texas's um, that are you know maybe things are good on some days and maybe it's not good for some other days um but I think if there's a if there's a gap in your scene it could be a band a style of band a, a fest uh, someone not doing no zines someone who's not documenting someone who's not live mixing if you have a passion to be able to give back and and even if you're in the midst of doing that and you're you know you've been shooting shows you've been playing a band you've been doing this fast or, or, or booking shows and it doesn't it, it isn't going I guess at the frequency that you want and maybe you're looking at other people and it's like oh how are they doing all this or maybe you're even looking at us like how is scoped exposure, being able to do all this. It's about being able to like be unrelenting and being like, I'm doing this shit as long as I can. And, you know, for some people, like maybe that's a couple of years and they're like, yeah, like I'm, I'm cool with not taking photos of bands anymore, but I'm doing this now. Or, Hey, I'm at a different point in my life. Maybe I can't do this. And I'm having my own, I guess, inner discussions about that. And the one thing that I keep telling myself is like, I've done so much cool things in my life and a lot of it has been enabled because of doing scoped exposure. And like, that's something I'm like eternally grateful for. And I want to keep this project going um, for as long as humanly possible. And whether I'm the person holding the camera, or the one on the podcast microphone, like I really believe that it doesn't need to be one thing. I just need to keep doing it, and it will evolve to what it's supposed to be when it's ready. And I feel like some of the things that I wish Scoped Exposure was and could be, um, and some of the ideas I have, they're just, we're not, the world ain't ready for it. Um, But that doesn't mean I'm not going to do it, or I'm not going to try to pursue it. Um, I'm just going to continue to do what I have in front of me. And right now in front of me, I have a lot of sets. I have, uh, a number of podcasts that I want to do. Um, but there's definitely a lot of ideas that I have in, in the years to come for scope exposure. And I think a a huge thing is like, if I'm going to continue to do these big scale things and continue to be the, you know, the Canadian, like spotlight for for hardcore music um i need to you know make sure i'm good make sure my team's good make sure my team is taken care of that i'm taken care of that i have processes in place so i'm not just scrambling um it's definitely been like a huge learning curve for me especially in the last couple of years um but just going all the way back to the beginnings of the very first time that i filmed in 2015 to now, it's, like, literally felt like the craziest journey for me. And um, I appreciate if you've been sticking around uh, since, you know, the 2017 days or maybe you stuck around or or linked up with us in the 2020 kind of era of podcasting or maybe you just found us, like, just the other week. Um, I really appreciate anyone who said anything nice um, or even critical about script exposure because I've applied some of those things too. Um, but truly it's like it's wild to be able to, you know have any level of like impact and influence on on this stuff that I care so deeply about and find so much of my own identity in. And yeah, I just I've, I'm just super grateful to, to anyone. You've you've listened to one or a hundred podcasts. It doesn't matter to me. I'm still grateful the same amount. Um, thanks for listening. I know this is again. I'm trying to experiment with the more just free flowing thought. This is also double the amount of time from the last you know podcast where it was just me talking. So I hope me just talking for two hours straight hasn't been too um, too boring. But I do feel very you know just wild to look back at all the years of everything we've done um subscribe to the podcast if you haven't um we got a few things cooking right now didn't have a guest this week so that's why i'm kind of doing this one but um got a few things lining up with some some guests some some returning guests from past seasons as well so be on the lookout for that um thanks again for for listening um this has been Scoped. Spencer from Scoped, drinking drink, drinking a Bev by himself and just talking with all these lovely people listening to this podcast. Um, hope you have a good rest of the day, evening, where, whenever you're listening to this. And we'll uh, see you next time. Ciao.